Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. You asked me to, to, to keep it quite broad, and uh, which is good in a sense, because I think uh, to talk about one particular topic and perhaps to go deep on that uh, in terms of, of tax uh, can be uh, pretty mind-numbing, if I may say so myself. So I'm just going to run you through a, a few different things I think property investors should be looking out for when it comes to tax, and, and hopefully you'll at least find one uh, thing that you can take away or, or, or focus on. So f- first and foremost, and uh, very importantly, I think uh, property investors don't spend enough time on looking at the business structure. So historically speaking, uh, lots of investors used to buy property predominantly in their own name. Uh, and then uh, when Section 24 came around, uh, people soon started looking at obviously how they could perhaps move their property portfolio from their own name into a limited company, possibly perhaps even a partnership or an LLP. Uh, But even since Section 24, I I still think people don't pay enough attention to which structure works well. So there's lots of different opportunities, but the main ones people should be thinking about is should they have property in their own name? Should it be in a partnership? Should it be in a limited liability partnership? Should it be in a limited company? If it's a limited company, should they have some kind of a a group structure or or a holding uh, company structure? Uh, And people quite often ask me, which one's the best one? Uh, Well, the answer is it depends. Uh, So as you've heard from my introduction, uh, I'm doing quite a few different deals uh, and pretty much all of them are in different structures based on who I'm doing them with based on the funding, the financing, based on the outcome, based on the exit strategy, based on how best we can make the deal work. Uh, And sometimes uh, speed uh, comes comes into that too. So uh, I would say you should always look at uh, all of the different business structures and then decide which one works best for you, especially when you're looking to become a bit more sophisticated. So if you're looking at commercial conversions, new builds, uh, title splitting, those types of things, uh, it's important you look at all the structures and you decide which one's the best one. Now, if you're into commercial conversions, uh, where I see people missing out big time is they don't always pay enough attention to capital allowances. Now, you'll know, Sumit, from your own uh, experience as a surveyor, uh, there's a, a lot of fixtures and fittings in a building uh, which can qualify for capital allowances. That's the first bite at the cherry. But then let's say if somebody's uh, into serviced accommodation, they're most likely once they've bought the property, they'll, they'll refurbish uh, the entire uh, commercial property. And then they'll obviously that, that involves spending more money. When you spend more, more money, you get a second uh, bite at the cherry and you get further capital allowances. So I very briefly touched on 
a property that we'd purchased and that we're just doing a commercial conversion on that right now for 12 flats, six one bedroom and six uh, two bedroom. We're going to turn that pretty much into serviced accommodation. So we paid 500,000 pounds for it, uh, did a capital allowances claim on the initial purchase and that uh, worked out to be just over 126,000 pounds, which is pretty significant. Uh, the refurb is going to cost us uh, around 600,000 pounds. And on that, we'll probably have another 150,000 pounds worth of capital allowances. So to, so to keep the numbers easy, uh, let's call it 125 on purchase, 150 on refurb, that gives us 275,000 pounds worth of expenditure, which we can write off in future years. The real big benefit is uh, you can also write off expenditure in the first year using your annual investment allowance. So let's say in the first year I make 100,000 or 125,000 pounds in profit. The 125,000 pounds that I've spent on the refurb, uh, which qualified for capital allowances, I can write that off in the first year and pay no tax whatsoever. So it doesn't matter whether you're a sole trader, partnership, LLP or a limited company, you're writing off the entire profit and paying no tax whatsoever. Now I've got uh, the capital allowances which I've brought forward, I can use them or I can carry them forward and write, write them off on a yearly basis. So do not miss out on capital allowances, that's the first one. Second one is cars. Uh, and if you're looking to upgrade your car or change your car uh, and you have a limited company, uh, I think it's uh, a good idea to look at uh, getting an electric car. Yeah, it might cost you more than uh, another car, but the savings from an electric car are, are one thing. But the other benefit is uh, the government's encouraging people to have electric cars. So if you, have an, if you buy an electric car this tax year, no tax to pay whatsoever. Next year, you're paying 1%. The year after that, uh, you're going to pay 2%. Now let's compare that to an ordinary car. So if you were to buy, let's say an S-Class Mercedes for 60,000 pounds, the company car tax on that, depending on the engine size and the emissions, is going to be anywhere from say 15,000 pounds to 25,000 pounds. And it could be more depending on uh, if you have a, uh, AMG version. So it's a it's, it's a big difference. Coming back to commercial property, when we bought the, the one that we're developing right now into service accommodation, it had quite a bit of asbestos in it. So we paid for the asbestos to be cleared. So if you, if you ever buy a property which has contamination, you can claim something called land remediation relief. Again, we don't need to go into too much detail on that uh, this evening, but have a think about uh, that if you ever say buy a petrol station, which clearly, highly likely, it's going to have contamination. You're going to have to clear that out if you're looking to obviously redevelop that site. So claim land remediation relief. The same applies to Japanese knotweed, and there are m many other forms of contamination. So that's something you should be thinking about seriously. Whenever you form a limited company, I think uh, it's a good idea to have different classes of shares. So if let's say a, a husband and, a, and wife go, in, go into business, they generally speaking tend to just have ordinary shares, usually split 50-50. They might la later on want to introduce their children, for example. 
So it's better when they form the company to, to create what's called alphabet shares, so A, B, C, D, E, any class of shares, and then assign those to either each partner plus their children, plus their employees, or whomever they wish to assign them to. That just gives them more flexibility in terms of splitting income and uh, giving dividends. Now, of course, if you've got children under the age of 18, any income that you give to them, especially dividends, uh, will be taxable on you as parents. But once they obviously uh, reach 18 and above, that gives you more flexibility. If you're married and one uh, spouse doesn't work, you can use, you can use the m marriage allowance and, and use up some of their personal allowance. So that's quite useful. People miss out on that a lot. If you work from home, uh, you can use your home as an office, claim costs on that. You've got two different options. The standard one is uh, the fixed cost as per uh, prescribed by HMRC. The other one is the actual cost basis. I would strongly recommend you look at the actual cost basis because that's going to be work out to be higher and it's going to enable you to uh, pay less tax. If you've got employees, have a look at the employment allowance. Uh, that That's a good relief. A lot of people don't know about it and they miss out on it. Another one is rent a room relief. So if, if for example, you're looking to go into service accommodation, you've not tried it before uh, and you're thinking, how's it going to work? Well, use one of the rooms in your home, test that as service accommodation, and the first seven and a half thousand pounds that you earn in any tax year is going to be tax-free. That's a whole chunk of change. And if the uh, property is owned, owned by you and your husband or your wife, then you get £3,750 each, so you just halve the allowance. There are other allowances like your personal savings allowance. So if you loan company, if you loan money to your company, for example, uh, you can charge interest. A lot of directors don't charge interest, but if you charge interest uh, and you're a basic rate taxpayer, the first thousand pounds worth of interest you charge is tax-free, as long as you don't have any of the savings income. If you're a high rate taxpayer, the first 500 pounds is tax-free. And if you're an additional rate taxpayer, which means you earn more than 150,000 pounds, then you don't get any of that allowance whatsoever. So it could be worth you charging uh, interest and using that particular allowance. Moving on from that, uh, you should seriously think about uh, having a pension. Uh, I'm a big fan of having a SAS, so it's a small self-administered scheme, uh, gives you lots of flexibility uh, and your lifetime limit for that is just over a million pounds. Uh, husband and wife, that's obviously two million pounds and a, uh, and a few thousand pounds above that. So that's, people don't pay enough attention to that. If you have a limited company, you're a, you're a shareholder, think about how best you can plan your dividends. Again, people don't pay enough attention to how to plan their dividends and they end up paying too much tax because they just take money out as and when they need it. Uh, the same goes for your expenditure. You, you need to be, if you've got children and you're claiming child benefit, be mindful that you'll lose your child benefit if you go over a certain amount of income. And sometimes, let's say the, the wife earns more, let's say, uh, and, the, and the husband earns less. Uh, so you can reapportion your income so you both stay below certain thresholds to be able to, for example, claim child benefit and to also ensure you don't go into the higher rate of tax 
or the additional rate of tax. So everything that pretty much I'm, I'm sharing with you here uh, is based on you forward planning for your taxes. I find quite often people don't pay enough attention to their taxes. So the example of our, I've shared with you about my current commercial conversion, the total amount of tax we're going to save on that one development comes to around about £130,000. Now, if we, if we were to sell those units, the profit we're going to make, and we don't intend to sell them, by the way, but if we were, we were to sell them, the profit we're going to make, if my memory serves me correctly, is around about £330,000, £340,000, which isn't bad. That's like uh, a 32% uplift. Now, if, if you add the tax savings, uh, that gives you best part of 470, 480,000 pounds. That's a significant difference, a big difference. Uh, and most of the tax savings that, that, that we've been able to generate through that uh, particular development, most people miss out on. So some people claim some things, some will forget to look at uh, capital allowances, some will forget to look at uh, land remediation relief, others will think of, forget to look at R&D uh, relief using different classes of, of shares, maybe having a uh, buying a development in a partnership, later on incorporating it, getting the uplift in, in, in the base cost. So there's a lot to do, but I, I wanted to keep this pretty broad brush uh, summit. So I've taken up best part of 14 minutes uh, and I think it's probably better if I open it up uh, to Q&A for the next five to six minutes. And I think uh, Yogesh has uh, typed something in, so I'll make the attempt to read your question, Yogesh, and if I miss something out, uh, please feel free to add in. So can you do land remediation relief in personal name or is it only in the company name? Good question. Uh, so land remediation relief only applies to limited companies and the same applies to uh, R&D relief. So you can't claim land remediation relief in your own name. It has to be a limited company. For, uh, your next question is in a company, is there a way for private school fees to be paid from pre-tax company profits? So there is, there are different types of planning when it comes to paying school fees, uh, Yogesh. Uh, most of those tax planning opportunities, unfortunately, don't really work. Uh, the best opportunity that you have, if you if your children uh, have grandparents, so your parents or your wife's parents, then there is some planning around that, uh, which will help you uh, pay uh, your children's or the, or the grandchildren's fees uh, but there's nothing exciting really and i know there are some different opportunities people float around uh, most of them in the end yogesh don't work and you end up paying all the tax back plus the interest plus the penalties uh, so i would say uh, whenever you look at that type of planning uh, tread with caution uh, you've talked about freezer shares and and the growth that goes into the company for your children and outside your estate for inheritance tax planning. Uh, can these be placed in trust until your children are ready to receive them? Yep, so freezer shares or growth shares are a, are a good opportunity. So uh, as I talked about uh, earlier, in terms of having different classes of shares, Yogesh, you would in introduce those. Uh, and depending on what type of planning you were looking to do, you can either go for 
growth shares, especially if your children are working with you and they're going to add value to the business. Uh, you, can, you can also put those shares in a trust uh, and that's going to help you mitigate some of your inheritance tax. But again, it, it depends on whether you're a property trader or a property investor. If you're a property investor, then in inheritance tax becomes an issue. But if you speak to somebody early enough, uh, you can sometimes change the way that your business operates from being a property investor to a property trader. So let me give you an example. I was uh, approached by somebody who's 91 years old. Uh, his wife's 89 years old. Uh, a bit late to be thinking about inheritance tax planning at that particular age uh, because uh, based on balance of probabilities, uh, they probably haven't got as long to live as somebody who's perhaps age 60. I mean, they might live till 110, we don't know, but uh, the stats aren't stacked in their favor. However, uh, they own about six properties. Uh, their son and daughter are keen to become involved in the property business their age between 50 and 60, but they are keen to become property developers and not investors. So if mum and dad don't do anything, they'll have a, a, a pretty big exposure to inheritance tax, which will obviously go be paid through their estate. And what that basically means is uh, son and daughter will have less money going to them. So I've told them quite basically because son and daughter are interested in uh, becoming property developers. They've also got a plot of land on which they could possibly obtain planning permission, build a few units and sell them. So I've said to them they should go away and look at converting as many of those properties as they can uh, and then selling them off, thereby uh, becoming property traders as opposed to property investors, which means they'll then be able to qualify for business relief uh, subject to their parents surviving a couple to three years and then working pretty quickly to ensure that they, they convert and sell as many of the, as the units they can. Then mum and dad claim business relief, give the shares or gift the shares to their children and no inheritance tax to pay whatsoever. So they pretty much like that idea uh, as long as their parents uh, live for, like I said, two to three years, they'll now look to convert those units. They'll also look to apply for planning permission, build out those units, sell them. So all of that cash will be sat in their limited company because that's how they are operating. Gift Shares get gifted to the children because they have a, a trading business. The, the children then can use those funds to then buy more property and then whether whether going forward they wish to remain as property traders or investors is a choice for them to make. Uh, but if you are looking at uh, inheritance tax, Yogesh, then you're asking the right question at the right time because obviously people usually leave it too late and it, you know nobody likes to talk about death. Is, uh, so people kind of avoid that conversation. Parents don't want to talk, talk about it to their kids. Kids don't want to bring it up to their parents because it makes them feel uncomfortable. It's emotional, but also can kind of demonstrates perhaps to their parents that, that, that the, the kids are waiting for them to kick the bucket, bucket so to speak. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a very touchy-feely subject, but it's an important conversation to have. Uh, and I think 
people don't have that conversation as much as they should. So I hope I've kind of briefly uh, and succinctly, Yogesh, kind of covered that for you to give you enough food for thought. You've then got another question. Does your company do capital allowances claims? Yes, we do. We're just we're doing a couple as I speak right now. So we do we do do capital capital allowances claims. Uh, and uh, if you're looking to buy a commercial property, more than happy to look at that for you, my friend. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.